and welcome to another episode of Uh-huh, I Said It with Isla Powell. Today we have a very, very special guest. My guest today is insightful, an awesome teacher, a humble man, except when you bring up the Kappas, <laughs> a social justice warrior, and a preaching machine. I'm speaking of my pastor, the Reverend Dr. John E. Jackson, Sr. I'm going to give you a little information about him before we get started. And here we go. A native of Chicago, Illinois, Reverend Dr. Jackson received his Bachelor of Science and Master of Divinity degrees from Loyola University and McCormick Theological Seminary, respectively, in Chicago. Under the leadership of the Reverend Dr. Jeremiah A. Wright, Jr., Reverend Jackson served as the Associate Pastor to Men's Ministries and the Premarital Counseling Program at the Dynamic Trinity United Church of Christ, TUCC. In this capacity, Reverend Jackson not only provided pastoral leadership to the various men's ministries of Trinity UCC, but he also facilitated a weekly men's Bible class and organized the quarterly men's worship service. Reverend Jackson also developed the annual men's prayer breakfast into an annual men's conference, providing opportunities for workshops, lectures, and Work and uh, worship to over 500 brothers in Christ each year. In 2004, Reverend Johnny Jackson Sr. was called to serve as senior pastor of the Trinity United Church of Christ in Gary, Indiana. Since his first worship service, the second Sunday in October 2004, Trinity UCC Gary has been consistently growing. In order to accommodate the ever-expanding ministries, TUCC Gary completed construction of their new sanctuary for worship and held their first worship service in the new edifice on October 5, 2008. It is located at 1276 West 20th Avenue in the city of Gary. The motto of Trinity UCC Gary is, we are not just another church, but we are a culturally conscious, Christ-centered church committed to the community. We are unashamedly black and unapologetically Christian. In May 2014, Pastor Jackson earned the Doctor of Ministry degree from United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. Reverend Dr. Johnny Jackson Sr. shares his life with his wife, the former Janice N. Barney, their three adult children and five grandchildren. The next voice you hear, in addition to my own, will be that of the Reverend John E. Jackson, Sr. Well, thank you so much, Isla, for the, the most gracious introduction. I am humbled by it. 
Uh, also, I gotta add this in there. Martin Luther King once said when he was introduced by Ralph Abernathy, I wonder who you talking about. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much again. Well, you're very welcome. I really appreciate it. So let's get right to it. Yep. Okay, back in elementary school, through high school, we did discuss uh, certain things. They were in textbooks about, you know, slavery, and they went on to mention how they indoctrinated us, and, you know, they say they made us Christians. So, in line with that, I would like to ask you, is Christianity a white or a black religion? And did Africans become Christian because of white people? Good question. Um, so let's get right to it. Um, the The religion of Christianity in its original is an African religion, a black African religion. So when you look at the Bible uh, from Genesis to Revelation, it is written about and written by black African people. Uh, it's not, a, it's not the, the challenge is not finding the black presence in the Bible. The challenge is finding the white presence in the Bible. And so uh, it is a it is a black faith that was given that was then shared with European people. When Paul goes into and Paul was a black African, and so when Paul goes into Europe and others uh, begin to share the the gospel of Jesus Christ, they share it in Europe with Europeans. Unfortunately, uh, Europeans by military conquest then take over the religion and then begin to uh, share a bastardized, mutated, and degenerate form of Christianity. And so when we are enslaved uh, in chattel slavery in this nation, then we get their version of Christianity. Many of the people that were brought over here already knew Christianity before they were brought over here. There were others that were Muslim, but many knew uh, Christianity. They just didn't know this white folk Christianity. Okay. So no, it, it is it is a uh, an African, a black African religion. All right. My next question is, what is the black church, and is every church with black people out of the black church tradition? So that's a that's a troubling question, uh, and the reality is sobering. So the black church was born in chattel slavery as resistance to oppression. It was born to resist uh, that version of Christianity and the immorality of white people, the brutality of black bodies. And so the black church was, was called the invisible institution because black folk had to worship God uh, in the brush arbors and the hush arbors uh, late at night when the slave owners were asleep and all of that. And out of that, uh, there were hundreds of slave rebellions that were organized by black Christian people. The big three are uh, Reverend Gabriel Prosser in 1800 in Rich Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Reverend Denmark V.C. in 1822 in Charleston, South Carolina. Incidentally, when that, that young boy killed uh, those folk uh, at the church, mm -hmm. that's the church where Denmark V.C. went. Incidentally, okay, uh, and so part of his part of his anger was that historical legacy of that Church of Liberation, and then the biggest of the big three was Reverend Nathaniel Turner in 1831 in Southampton, Virginia. Mm -hmm. I say that to show the resistance of the Black Church. I can add in there David Walker's papers 
1830, which talked about being a Christian mean you got to throw off this oppression. You got to fight it either with, as, as Frederick Douglass say, with blows, with words, or with both. Mm -hmm. And so that's the resistance nature. Now here's the bad part. After the after emancipation happened, then black folk, many black folk, began to want to please and make white folk happy. Yeah. They began to they began to want to make white folk like us. Go along and get along. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the late uh, historians and theologians, James Melvin Washington, said, during that period of emancipation up until say around 1963. He called it the bourgeoisification of the black church. <laughs> well, all right. And and so now we have churches with black people who want to out white white folk. Oh, That's on. not the black church tradition. No. The black church tradition is a tradition that fights against racism, that doesn't talk that mess about, you don't talk about politics in the church. Mm -hmm. Jesus was political and all that because of the oppressive nature. So every church that got black people mm -hmm. ain't out of the black church tradition. Mm -hmm. They talk about, and when I say they, I mean people who don't look like us talk about politics in the pulpit. They, they you know, do. But we're it. not supposed to do that. I picked up on that. You That's know, exactly oh, no, 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 no. true. You know, uh-uh, uh-uh. Exactly uh -uh, true. Uh -uh. Okay, my next question is, is the God that Dr. King talked about and the black church tradition, do people worship the same God? Do they worship the same God of white evangelicals who supported Trump? So another troubling question for uh, nice Negroes who uh, want to try to make white folk feel good. So I'll reference biblical scripture. So when uh, the Hebrew boys are in Babylon, and the Babylonians were African, black Africans. So it's, it, you know, uh, in that case, it was, it was black uh, African Hebrews and, and black African uh, Babylonians. So when the Hebrew boys are in Babylon, uh, the king makes a statue of, of gold, and he says, everybody going to fall down and worship this statue. Mm -hmm. uh, the Hebrew boys say, we ain't going to do it. And so the king uh, uh, addresses them and says, now look here. If you don't do this, we're going to put you in this furnace. They say, Let, you know, you look here, king. Know this, that the God we serve is able to deliver us uh, from you. Uh, but know this, we are not going to serve your gods or worship your idols. In other words, the God of the oppressor is not the same as the God of the oppressed. Okay. These white folk that uh, call themselves evangelicals, they ain't never been Christian. They use the terminology, they use the phrasing, they, they use the, 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 the attire, mm -hmm. but they don't have the spirit of Jesus Christ in them. They are, not Je mm -hmm. they are not Christians. No, they, just, they are lying and uh, the truth ain't in them. Yeah, and that, that accounts for 99.9% .9 of Trump followers. They, they don't know it. nothing, about, they don't know nothing about Jesus because Jesus was welcoming. That's right. And That's they, right. Just, they just don't welcome nobody. That's they right. don't want nobody. You know, it's, it's just too much. That's right. Is, uh, another question is, is the Bible African authored or European authored? Yeah, and, and I kind of dealt with that just a few minutes ago. You, but good question. And black folk need to know, again, the Bible is written by black African people uh, who were African Hebrews. Mm -hmm. Now, do you look at uh, Israel now. Uh, it came about in 1948. Right. The people that organized it came from Europe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They converted to Judaism. Mm -hmm. They're not original Jews. People don't know that. 
Right. They converted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when they start talking about Judaism and we're Jews, these are, there's a book called The Thirteenth Tribe by uh, author, the author is Arthur Kessler. And he talks about these are the last people to become a part of the faith. But yet now they're telling the people that were in the faith all along how to practice the faith. The Bible is written by black African people, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. black African Hebrews mm -hmm, in this case, mm -hmm. not by Europeans. No. From Genesis to Revelation, mm -hmm. it is written by black African people. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, wanna, uh, I want you to expound a little bit, mm -hmm. though, on the black church. We're going to talk about that now. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you see the, the church today? I mean, in, in you know, denominations as a whole, in general at this point of time and then a follow-up to that is the real church and versus evangelicals the divisions and why do you think the divisions are i know it's probably obvious to many but you know from your point of view how do you see the church and our divisions so in particular the black church um is still the freest institution that we have in our community the black church is still the place that organizing and, and justice work can be done best. Mm -hmm. The yeah. black church is still relevant and important. It's got, there are issues and there are problems that need to be addressed, uh, and that is to be expected. Right. But the black church is still relevant. Now, the black church actually, uh, as opposed to white churches, is still holding steady. Mm -hmm. You know a lot of people talk about people that don't go to church and all that, mm -hmm. and that's across the board. Uh, organized religion is declining, mm -hmm. but it's declining more in white communities than it is in black communities. And in some areas in, in black communities like Pentecostal, it is growing at exponential rate. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as, uh, I don't know if you asked about the effectiveness of it, um, but... Um, I would the, like to know, that's a follow-up. I want to know how okay, you, go does, ahead. does the church, do you think the church participates in social justice as much as it should? Uh, that would be a firm no. Mm -hmm. And you did mention about division. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you know, because a lot of the practice of the religion uh, of Christianity has been communicated in this nation and in Europe in particular from white folk, uh, divisions happen. So you get, you know, you get Pres Presbyterians from John, John Calvin and Calvinism. You, mm -hmm. you know, you get uh, Luther... Martin Luther and Lutherans and mm -hmm. you know all of that all those divisions mm -hmm. it got it that's that's why you know white folk created these divisions uh Jesus and the followers uh of Jesus you know uh, a couple hundred years until until Rome became a Christian nation you know there were always there's always going to be divisions but not like this yeah. so we got these divisions where people it's like gangs mm -hmm. you know you know, you one 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 group wants to think, well, we got more Jesus than you do. Right. And in reality, ain't nobody got all of Jesus because you can't handle all of Jesus. Right. But unfortunately, in the humanness, what happens? We 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 get in these camps, and we want to um when we want to look down on others instead of coming together more. We don't have to worship together, but we can come together to deal with the issues. Right. That that everybody faces, right. like joblessness, homelessness. Mm -hmm low income and things like that we can we can deal we can do better with that and we are we're not doing nearly enough because of a european ideology and theology that 
you don't mix politics with religion. That's so separate. we don't we don't address the stuff right. money through Saturday that mm-hmm. people are going through enough. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of churches that are. Mm-hmm. You know, our church is one in this area that is trying to do that. And yes. so, you know, when Jesus said, feed the hungry and clothe the naked, we take that seriously. Yes, we do. Because yeah, there are people. Yeah, exactly. Yes, we do. We do. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, we, we, we do that and we do advocacy work. We've done a lot of advocacy work in this area from writing letters to different uh, elected officials and letting them know our positions on things mm-hmm. to uh, one, of the, one of the things I, I adopted early on was that... Uh, and especially during election time, politicians, if you want to come to church, you come here to worship, right? but don't expect to talk. Right. You know, a whole lot of preachers let, let the politicians step up in the pulpit. In the pulpit this yeah. is worship. That's right. You you come here to worship. I can't go down to the state house mm-hmm. or to the city council and they say, oh, Reverend Jackson's here. Come on, have a word. Mm-hmm. No. no. Well, you ain't going to come here. This is God's house. That's right. So, you know, a lot of churches, Freddie Haynes Church in Dallas, Texas, and... Uh, Trinity under uh, Pastor Moss in Chicago. There are churches all over mm-hmm. that are doing some incredible work outside the walls of the church, like Jesus did, mm-hmm. to do that, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, and then address the systems and say we got to change policies right. so that we don't have no hungry people, mm-hmm. we don't have no people without clothes, we don't have people w- without homes. Right. And so and so there are a lot of churches that are doing it, but not nearly enough. I know. I, I call now. I call all the time. I have called Ron and and, and young so much uh-huh. going off it ain't even fun. They probably just fast forward through my messages, but hey, I'm doing what I what mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. I have to do. I remember when they were bringing the ICE people here. You used to go out there, didn't you? Didn't you go out to the airport? Was that you? Oh, yeah. Was, oh, yeah. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Yeah, the deportation. <laughs> right. Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, under Obama. Yes. Uh, the yes. deporter in chief. Yes. And so, yeah, we would, uh, it was collection of different uh, people from different uh, denomination, different ethnicities, and all of that. Mm-hmm. We came, we come together, mm-hmm. and we were protesting. Mm-hmm. You know that those planes at the at the Gary Airport mm-hmm. uh, were deport deporting people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and here's the deal: um, the the people are not illegal. There's no illegal person, and no one is illegal on stolen land anyway. I know that's right. Say that. You might want to so, say that again. Well, the one is illegal on stolen land. Mm-hmm. This land is stolen land. Right. And right. Uh, so, you know. We all, yeah. if that's the term, that's because right. so it belongs to the indigenous people. Exactly. You know, we, you know, but we didn't bust in on them, but that's all. That's right. Word. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, so, you answered that. Let me see. Do you think that it would be good for churches to form some kind of collective to get more done, or that's not feasible. It is. Like I said, we don't have to worship together. You know, some folks got this crazy notion that all of us need to worship together and have a kumbaya. No, we don't worship like everybody else. Right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't down anybody else's form of worship, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just not my cup of tea. Right. And that's okay. Difference right. doesn't mean deficient. Right. But we can do some incredible work together. Give you an, a, a, a real example that has frustrated me. Um, churches in Gary, like in Chicago, like in Los Angeles, in Detroit, and wherever you want to go, New York, churches in the black community um, collect offerings, get tithes, and then deposit it in a bank. Mm-hmm. Now, the banks that we deposit our money in are doing little to nothing to help people in the community who want to start businesses, who want to who want to uh, get their homes and things like that, uh, most of these institutions do hardly anything 
as far in the community as far as helping people out. But yet we've got churches putting, you know, good sums of money. Mm -hmm. And this is where black, you know, black churches in the community can come together and say, you know what? We're forming a cooperative. Mm -hmm. We're going to these banks and we're going to say, you're going to give us this interest rate. You're going to do this. You're going to do that mm -hmm. for the community. You're going to do this with the lending. Mm -hmm. If you don't do that, we're going to take it down the street. Okay. In other words, we can put pressure on them mm -hmm. and let them know we're going to take our money out of your church. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you know, uh, we're gonna take uh, them out the bank. that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so we could do that. Yes. We and can. we could, we could force the banks and the lending institutions mm -hmm. to, uh, to help build up the community. But unfortunately, egos won't let us that, do that. See, now, that's what I was thinking. I didn't want to cut you off because, you know, everybody want to be in charge. You right. Know? Nobody wants, you know, they want to work together. That's the problem. Know? But I, that, that, that's a real problem in the black church, exactly. really. You know. Okay, so finally, as far as the questions, where do you see the church, the local church right now going in general? Do you think you see us moving ahead or are we just kind of stagnant? Or I don't want to use the D word, but maybe dying because a lot of people aren't going to church. Yeah, yeah. So this has been, you know, this this question has come has been coming up uh, in the last five years quite prevalent, and it's you know, at not not even more than five years because you have so much upheaval in the society, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of people are frustrated with organized religion because too many uh, too many churches and their organized religion are too wedded to tradition rather than actually meeting the needs of people. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of people, uh, it's not like 50 years ago where you would feel shame if you didn't go to church. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, people are like, I don't care. You know, you say what you want. Right. I ain't going. And, and that's Driving cool. on those cars. Right, or, right. You know, right. whatever. Right. Coughing. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, people are what they call more spiritual. Yeah. So a lot of people are spiritual. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, uh, Black Lives Matter movement, mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the first movement of black people in this nation that didn't begin in the church. That's because true. the folk that, that have organized it, uh, you know, didn't mm -hmm. feel, um, you know, that they were, their needs are being met by the church. So mm -hmm. where is it going? I see the church expanding. Uh, in ways that we never imagined because we have people who are spiritual who who love Jesus Christ mm -hmm. uh, who, who see Jesus Christ as a revolutionary African for justice which he was mm -hmm. and and they love Jesus Christ they just don't they just don't want to come in and have to be beat down in a, in a religious organization mm -hmm. that's going to tell them you're going to hell you know and all that type mm -hmm. of stuff mm -hmm. if you this way or that way do this do that and so I, it's actually expanding in a way that uh, is reminiscent of when Jesus walked the earth. There was no building. No. I mean, they had the temple and they right. could go there. Mm -hmm. But their communities were the religious communities, the communities of faith. Mm -hmm. And so I see it in many ways expanding. Now, the, those, the, the older folk, it's a little unsettling because you like to see people in the church. Right. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's going to go away. Mm -hmm. This has been ebbing and flowing for 2,000 years. There's been a there's been a, a, a ebb of it that goes low, and then it goes high. Mm -hmm. And and this is just another one of those. Mm -hmm. So there will always be a remnant where church building will be with people, mm -hmm. 
Uh, but the church will actually expand mm -hmm. to those who don't feel wedded to just going to a building, mm -hmm. but doing the work of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. doing the work of liberation, doing the work of justice, mm -hmm. you know, even outside the church, and forming their own small communities. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, in some ways it's an indictment, mm -hmm. but in other ways it's an inspiration. Okay, but piggybacking off that, you know, I've noticed that when a great catastrophe comes, even the spiritual people find their way to church. Oh, yeah. Like when 9-11 came, it was yeah. all kind of people in church. Yeah. Or anything, you know, when, let a war break out. You know, it's a shame that it takes, I mean, there's nothing, like you said, wrong, in my opinion, of being spiritual. You know, but, you know, the Bible, does it not say you're not supposed to forsake the assembling? <laughs> does, aren't we supposed to be together? You know, I just, that, that I can't yeah. get with. But, yeah. you know, that's just me. But uh, my, my, the last question, and then I'm going to let you say whatever you, you know would like to get to my listeners, is this is Black History Month. And I'm looking at, you know, a picture of the, the one preacher that everybody is familiar with. Mm -hmm. What do you think, and I know you can't get in his mind, and we were both young when he was assassinated, mm -hmm. but being a pastor, him being a pastor, what do you think Dr. King would think about today? Or do you think he would be irrelevant? You know, um, he would be a lot older. Right. Uh, so his, his, his impact would be diminished in his movement capability. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at uh, Jesse now, he has Parkinson's right. And, right. and things like that. So with age comes, you know, you slow down. Uh, but as far as his 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 thinking and and feelings about things, it, it, it would be extremely troubling uh, because America elected an avowed racist. Yes, it did to the to the highest office, and that avowed racist did not hide it, and and then elicited it out of others in this country who felt felt that way. So that it became reminiscent of a time where Dr. King was a child when night riders were harassing and mobs were, you know, brutalizing black folk. And it was openly uh, acceptable to demonize black folk. Mm -hmm. And that would be extremely troubling because um, it, it would also say that America, as King said, uh, America is the most uh, violent nation that mm -hmm. has ever uh, existed, mm -hmm. and that all in my Dr. King said this: all white people are at least unconscious racists. Mm -hmm. But then, would also harken back to something very painful that he experienced: was that too many in the black church yep. uh, are sitting on their hands mm -hmm. and thinking about heaven, right? You know, and ain't no earthly good, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. See, I say that you know our faith. We've got bamboozled to think that our faith is about you going to heaven. That's not why Jesus came to get you to heaven. Jesus came to help us live better here. Mm -hmm. And so our faith is not pie in the sky when you die by and by. It's something sound on the ground by the pound while you're still around. Okay. And so, you know, I, I would I would say that it would be very disturbing for, for Dr. King. Uh, his last sermon that he was going to preach, didn't get a chance to preach before he was assassinated, was why America may go to hell. So you know, these are, that shows that he was he was disturbed even then, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so and and just circling back, you're right. Um, the gathering together of people 
uh, in the faith community is essential and important. So even though I said the church will increase, there's something that gets lost in that. Because um, I, I don't ascribe to standing outside an institution throwing rocks at it from the outside. Okay. I ascribe that you may change from the inside. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it's easy to stand outside and say, well, I don't want to be a part of it. Because we live in a time where convenience is the optimum. Mm -hmm. Technology and all that has made us so comfortable that Lazy. there's a lot that we <laughs> should be doing that we don't do. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that has gotten us to say is, well, I don't need nobody. I can be in my home by myself and entertain myself. Mm -hmm. When in reality, you got to be in community with people. Yes. That, you were created to be in community. Right. So one of the things that, that gets harmed in this is that we don't come together mm -hmm. as much. Mm -hmm. and, and so if things continue, and I talk about the church expands, but it's also going to lose something very sacred, and that is the ability to organize and come together and worship the same God and get fuel in worship and not get fed, get fuel to do the work. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's, that's something that this whole nation or this whole time is losing, being in community. I, uh, I shouted out your pastor in my last podcast. Oh, great, blog, great, uh-huh. You know, because he, he, he's prophetic, as I don't have to tell you that, mm -hmm. but it's like he saw what was gonna be happening and people don't understand that at, at well, you know, they were they just got snippets, and you know, we don't ever get the whole thing. Like, I even on line today, I don't just want the, the clickbait, I want to read what was said, exactly. And that's what people really fell into, you know, with him, you know, two, three seconds of you know, a video or whatever. But you know, I know he's important to you. Would you like to share um, something about him with? with everybody well yeah uh thank you for that dr jeremiah a wright jr is outside of dr king is perhaps one of the most prophetic uh pastor preacher theologians uh that has ever been produced in this country there are others mm -hmm. dr late dr gardner taylor etc cetera, etc cetera. um and um uh, and, and there are a, a bunch of uh women who are you know exceptional mm -hmm. uh prathia hall when the late prathia hall uh was ex uh, exceptional and then you know you have uh others like um um uh, uh dr uh renita weems and uh she's a theologian she she co-pastors the church with her husband and um dr cynthia hale and others you know they're very powerful and so dr wright um uh, who you know who who has had impact on all those I just mentioned um you know he he extremely prophetic you know you take somebody that has uh this uh, ability to um to embrace this at the academic side mm -hmm. but break it down so that the layman can understand it and understand. be empowered by yes, it. yes you know and that's mm -hmm. a gift i mean mm -hmm. and it and it's no it's, it's you know it is it is not um um it's not something that startles us that you know, he speaks, you know, four or five languages anyway. Oh, because really? the ability to communicate is in incredible, right. you know. Mm -hmm. And so um, his heart has always been for liberation for our people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's all, and he's, his heart has always been wedded to Jesus Christ. He, he has taught us, he taught us 36 years, 
that you don't change who you are because of where you are. That's right. I mean, we, we, our denomination, the United Church of Christ, is the majority, majority white denomination. Right. I have preached in churches. I have preached for our conferences. Mm -hmm. And while I know other black preachers who will dial down and all that, I can't do that. Right. You know, you ask me to preach. You ask me to come speak. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you what I would tell my congregation. Exactly. Because you got to be true, and Dr. Wright has taught us that. Mm -hmm. You know that you don't you don't you don't adjust yourself to make white folk feel comfortable. No. White no. folk are not somebody that you look to to uh, ascribe to be like them, mm -hmm. and they're not somebody that has influence. So you know his prophetic ministry uh, has you know has shown us today. That America was headed down uh, a rat hole, and unfortunately, we got caught up in the nostalgia and the superficialness uh, of, of Obama becoming president and not being focused on the substance. Exactly. And Dr. Wright didn't start that fight. No. It was the white media and exactly. white folk. Let me let me give you. You, you should hear point. my last my last podcast, Pastor. Uh huh. You should hear my last. I, I am. I'm going back to listen to but, it because uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. He that. But that, I don't mean to cut you off, but, you know, he said that. And now the, all the mess we caused in the world, now it's visited upon us. You know, right. it's, it's, if, if I wasn't, you know, I, I vacillate between, you know, being upset about it and laughing about it. Right. Because, you know, uh, in the world might call it karma. Some of us call it what goes around, comes around, whatever. You know, you can't do wrong all the time and not expect it to come back on. That's right. And he tried to say that. You know, and especially this one, my mother loved him, and she made me sit down. I didn't have time. You know, I was <laughs> and she would watch it every, I believe it was Monday night, when I come to pick up right, my kids. Monday night. She'd say, shh, sit down. I had to sit there and watch him with her. <laughs> and then I started looking forward to it because the man, like you said, and you're like that, you picked that up from him. Thank you. You can, you can, you know, you we, you have your doctorate, and you, you, you throw out them big words, and you tease us every now and then. You'll say, so we'll know you've been to school, but right. you break it down. Right. So that we can understand, and I really appreciate that. Because oh, everybody yeah. don't have a, a doctorate, a PhD, and we right. need to understand, you know, on the level that we are. Right. And you excel right. at that. And I just want to thank, thank you for that. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate. But uh, that. you know what? You know, I don't know if you want to finish your thought. If you want to tell us anything before we wrap it up. No, that's about it. I just, you know, I, I just, um, I really hate that um, the Obamas, both of them, cannot leave Dr. Wright alone, and in their books, and in in the President Obama's latest book, he, uh, he he denigrates Dr. Wright. And here's a man who had a stroke who's in a wheelchair. Oh, yes, and now is. you feel the need to continue to denigrate him to make white folk feel comfortable. Right. And there's something just basically wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but, you know, that's... But not that's only that, that, my thing is, you sat under him all those years, but once you decide to get into politics, all of a sudden, yeah, you know, yeah, but, yeah. but that's a yeah, whole... Don't, get, don't get me started on that. I know, Pastor, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> So you don't have anything you want to add I, further? I think, I, I think that's about it. All right, then. Well, I appreciate your time. Oh, well, thank you. And I've had with me the Reverend Dr. John E. Jackson, Sr. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, this is an awesome podcast. And it can't do nothing but go from strength to strength. Thank so you, God Pastor. Bless you. God bless you as well.